Growing a successful design business is hard work. There's so much to do and so little time to get it all done, not to mention the actual design work. The good news is that we are here to help. I'm Krista, the WordPress developer and website strategist from KristaRay.co. And I'm Corey, the designer and creative coach from CoreyWoodard.com. In the Get Back to Design podcast, we're going to share strategies and tools to help streamline and grow your design business, ditch the code and anything else you don't love, and well, get back to design. Grab a cup of coffee, open that Illustrator file you've been working on, and let's dive in. So I think that there is one main thing that causes a lot of frustration during projects between designers and clients, and that would be the lack of boundaries. So either the designer hasn't set clear boundaries or they haven't bothered to try to maintain them, or the client is just crazy and they don't respect the boundaries that you tried to set. So as hard as it is to do, you have to set boundaries with your clients and then actually stick to them because you are in charge of this. You are the professional and if you let it go, your clients are going to let it go too. So today we are going to talk a little bit about how you can, you know, set and keep your boundaries throughout the project. This is so perfect because I think the lack of boundaries is what makes projects go bad in most situations and it can like make your life totally miserable. And I also think this is perfect timing because two episodes ago in uh, episode 32, we talked about awkward client situations and having boundaries can definitely help with that. So this is perfect for those of you who just came from there. Yeah, definitely. So let's go on ahead and just dive right in. Now, the first thing, of course, that you have to do is actually set the boundaries. And I think it's best if you can make your boundaries known before the project has even started. So this is so, so important to do, especially when you're taking on new clients that you have never worked with or clients who have never worked with a designer because they may not know what to expect. Um, Also, it's hard, not impossible, but it is really hard if you don't set things from the very beginning to try to speak up in the middle of the project and be like, you have been emailing me every Saturday for the past month and I actually don't enjoy this, so can you not email (laughs) me on Saturdays anymore? So that is why it's just really important to make sure that your clients know before they have even booked the project what kind of boundaries they need to keep with you. Yeah, I think if we're really quick to get annoyed and frustrated with clients for things we have in our mind as boundaries, but we can't expect them to realize, you know, what proper communication is. Like working with a designer is different than, you know, most people you communicate with through a daily basis or whatever. Um, So it's important that you kind of coach your clients through it and teach them what is appropriate. Exactly. And not only that, but, you know, you, like you said, you can't get mad at your client if they are doing these things, if you haven't told them beforehand not to do them. Mm -hmm. It's like being mad at your dog for peeing on the carpet, but you never taught them not to pee on the carpet. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So... Random analogy there, but let's move on. So to kind of 
get these expectations and boundaries off on the right foot, you want to make sure that you list them in your onboarding materials and your contract. So I will admit that I have some of my boundaries in my contract, but not all of them. But it really is just about having these things listed multiple times so it gives you several points to refer back to if your client has started ignoring things. So if they are emailing you and expecting you to do work, you know, within 24 hours on the weekend, you can say, look, the contract, all these things you got before we booked the project says, I don't do anything on the weekend, so leave me alone, crazy person. (laughs) So you could also actually have certain things listed on your contact page or your email signature. So for example, my contact page includes that I don't work on the weekends. So I don't really feel that that's a huge important thing to list in my contract. And then my email signature lists my office hours. So I don't mention that in my contract either. Yeah, I think that is really important to have common issues you come across and really easy to see places like that. Um, I I didn't have like office hours and turnaround, like response turnaround time in my email signature until a couple months ago. But I was having clients where I would go, you know, a day, they would email me like at lunch one day and I wouldn't get back to them until the next day. And they'd send me a couple check-in emails during that time. It's like, dude, you know, our contract says one to two day turnaround time, but they don't remember that. So that's a really simple thing to throw in your email signature and just kind of keep problems down. And I definitely got that idea from Corey and it's a nice, simple one to put in place. Yeah, if you are doing any kind of communication, especially if you are doing all of your project communication via email, it is a really good idea to have those things in there because it's going to show up every time you send an email and then your client is going to be reminded of these things every time they go back to respond to you. Mm Mm-hmm. So just an example, like I already mentioned, of kind of making these things known before you book the project is, you know, if you don't work on the weekends, number one, don't respond to emails on the weekends (laughs) because that makes your client like, well, do they work on the weekend or do they not work on the weekend? I don't know. Mm -hmm. And then also it's really important to make sure that this is listed so people know You know, if they email you on Friday night or Sunday morning, you will get back to them Monday or Tuesday at the latest, probably. And I actually have an example of this. Um, This was a client who I worked with earlier this year, and she had gotten in touch with me over my winter break. And I think she had emailed me once about the project. And I didn't respond because I was on vacation for Christmas and... I was not responding to emails and she actually left me a comment on one of my Instagram posts because I hadn't responded to her. (laughs) I had to respond to the comment and say, I'm actually out of office. I will get back to you this date. And she had emailed me again. We finally got on the call to actually talk about her needs and the price and that kind of thing. And she mentioned, she was like, you are really good at sticking to your office hours. And I was like, yeah, I am because I only work during that time. And if I work outside of that time, then it creates a whole, 
you know, craziness with my personal life and that's not what I want. So of course, I'm only going to get back to you in email or on the call and not on social media at 2 p.m. on Christmas Day or whatever. (laughs) That is pretty impressive, I think, though. Even though, like, it seems obvious that, duh, I'm I'm out of office, I'm not going to respond, I still think it's pretty impressive that she was being obnoxious and, like, commenting on your Instagram posts and you were still like, yo, here's how this works, I'll get back to you, and not, like, feeling so much pressure that you had to go in and answer her. I think that's really good. (laughs) Yeah, because, and that's the thing that I think a lot of people get wrong with Mm -hmm. their projects and this kind of leads me into my next point is we set boundaries but we don't want to seem mean so sometimes we kind of bend them and um, this is something I actually kind of dealt with over the weekend too but you just if you want those boundaries in place especially during the project then you have to maintain them even beforehand Mm -hmm. so she was still just a potential client and i wanted her to know i'm not going to respond to you like this if i'm out of office you know if we're we're doing the project together so here's what it's going to be before the project Mm -hmm. as well very smart So kind of leading into this next point, like I said, you have to stick to your guns during the project once you have set these boundaries. And this is where pretty much everyone goes wrong. And this is why there is so much frustration during projects for designers and sometimes even clients. Because while we set our boundaries for really good reasons, a lot of people don't want to seem mean or like they don't care or whatever because we just all assume everyone takes everything personally and a lot of us do take some things personally. (laughs) I'll admit it. Um, But if you ignore your boundaries, you can guarantee that your clients will as well. And this is going to stress you out. It's going to make you really frustrated with the project. So you're not going to enjoy it as much anymore. And it's just a whole big, awful experience. And I know you had something like this earlier (laughs) this year. So I'm going to let you talk about that. I sure did. I know I've mentioned this project a couple of times, but... Seriously, boundaries stepped over all over the place. And Corey there the whole time is like, hey, dummy, how about you, uh, you know, do what you said you were going to do this time. And I just didn't over and over. So um, I require design mockups, all the design mockups for an entire website the day I'm scheduled to start a project. I need them at 8 a.m. so I can sit down at my desk, go to town, not worry about things changing or, you know, not being able to schedule my time accordingly by not having mockups. Um, and I sat down one Monday morning to work and I had zero mockups. And I was like, well, this isn't great. And in my contract, it says, you know, here's what happens if things are late. This is what we're going to do. There's like monetary penalties and things like that. But this is my first time working with a designer. I wanted to look good. I didn't want her talking bad about me or thinking I was a bad developer. So I was like, okay, you know, get him to get one of them to me tomorrow. And so that happened. And then we tried to set a schedule for the rest of the mockups. And she missed that schedule once. And I did it again, you know, by this time, I'm super stressed out in tears way behind on the project. She did it again. And at that point, it was just too much. And I ended up canceling the entire project. But it was so not worth getting to that point of being so stressed out and so miserable and having to cancel a month of work. 
um, later than I should have just because I wanted to look nice. So it's not worth making yourself sick and like sick with stress and behind on your other work just because someone else like can't respect you. So stick to your guns. People will, they're not going to think anything bad about you if you do it in the right way. You just got to do what you said you were going to do. Exactly. And in situations like that, of course, and I'm pretty sure I told you this, you know, you and your client signed the contract. So refer back to that contract. And I know it seems mean. It always seems mean for you to put your foot down or say you signed this legal paperwork that says this is how the project is going to go. But... You know, at the end of the day, when you kind of bend things for your client, not only are they going to start ignoring your boundaries, but you are always the one that gets stuck with the stress and the frustration. Mm-hmm. They, your designer probably didn't care and didn't notice when you were behind and how much extra work and how many extra hours it was going to cause you to work. So yeah, it's always important that you are just sticky putting your foot down and sticking to your guns regardless you started your own design business yay the creative side of your business the side where you get to spend your days designing rocks but everything else not so much maybe your days are starting to run you and you found yourself not doing nearly as much design work as you'd like to be Instead, you're trying to stay afloat under an ever-growing to-do list of invoicing, sending contracts, staying organized, scheduling projects, and so much more. You're making money, but you know if you could just get your business more organized and create a better client experience, then it'll be easier to raise your rates and make running your own design business more enjoyable for you. If you're ready to ditch all of that overwhelm and get back to loving what you do and even looking forward to getting to work in the morning, head to getbacktodesign.co slash coaching and learn about how we can work together one-on-one to streamline and grow your business so you can get back to design. A perfect example of this is if you do not work outside of your office hours and you're like me and you're pretty good about it. So number one, you don't want to send emails outside of your office hours. But another thing that I have kind of learned and learned the hard way is to not even check your emails outside of office hours. And so Krista and I were just talking about this, but um, I actually had a client recently who something broke and her site went down and I saw her email over the weekend and I felt terrible because I wanted to get back to her over the weekend. So I wanted to break my own boundaries to kind of help her because that's a that's a horrible situation to be in. Your whole website is down, like, um, that's awful. But I didn't want to break those boundaries. So even though I felt super guilty knowing what was going on and that she was having issues, I stuck to my boundaries and got back to her first thing bright and early, I think at like 9.01 on the dot (laughs) on Monday morning to try to, you know, get started troubleshooting for her. Mm -hmm. So another thing you can do is just like we have already mentioned, make sure your email signature lists your work hours, especially if you are working outside of your inbox 
like we talked about again before, um, instead of a project management tool. And if you do end up doing some work outside of those office hours, because you and I are a little tiny bit guilty about this. A little bit. Use a tool like Boomerang so that you can schedule emails to send during office hours so your clients don't know that you are actually kind of breaking your own boundaries. It's crazy how much a tool like Boomerang can help. Just feeling like, okay, I answered and it's sent, even though it's really not yet. Like, it helps so much. And I know you used to get frustrated with me because I was always answering emails at night and on weekends. I was like, well, I I just have to answer this email. You know, I'm not going to do any work. I just want to answer. Boomerang, it's like five bucks a month for unlimited emails. It is so nice. I can answer whatever random hour I decide to work at and my clients just get it the next morning or whatever. So it is amazing. Yeah, so you can kind of feel good about knowing you've answered them, even though the client is not getting the email until your actual office hours. Yeah, when you and respond is, anyways. Yeah, and this is really good, too, if you seem to work best at, like, really odd times of day. Like, if you work best at 11 o'clock at night, but you want your clients to think you work a normal, like, 8 to 5 or whatever office hours, well... Obviously, you still have to be available during those hours, but you can schedule emails to send to them. And I actually use this tool a lot because I get started kind of checking my inbox and working a little bit earlier than my actual office hours. But instead of letting people expect that they could hear from me as early as like 7.15 in the morning, I'll still schedule the email to go out a little bit after my office hours start so I'm not creating this very crazy expectation that I'm available for like 14 or 16 hours a day, Mm -hmm. five days a week. Yep, I do the same thing. So the very last thing to help you kind of keep your boundaries with clients is just to know the line that you absolutely will not cross. So some Sometimes clients just ignore your boundaries. They ignore boundaries in general. You know, they just don't care. They're really pushy, really needy. They want everything done yesterday. Um, And this can go for potential clients as well. And so this is where you need to draw that line and know, okay, this, I'm not crossing this. I am going to put my foot down if no other time than right here with these certain things. So for example, um, if potential clients are reaching out to you on social media about their project, this is actually a boundary I don't cross. Um, And I will not cross it, especially with current projects on social media. So for potential clients, I usually just respond and say, you know, if you can send me an email, I would be happy to chat with you about what you need and how we can work together. But with current clients, this is a little bit different because I actually have in my contract that communication should only take place in email or Asana. So I think we actually had a Coded Creative client at the beginning of the year who sent a message about her project and it was like, nope, I do Mm -hmm. not cross this boundary. So the reason I won't is because... If you do, 
you would be on the hook to check and keep up with social media all the time. And there are sometimes I don't look at Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or the messages on there, you know, for days at a time. So it's important that I don't have to check those things if I don't want to. And then another reason is just communication would get scattered all over the place. It makes it really frustrating if they said something on social media and then you have to remember it if you go to answer an email. It's just, it's too much. So if someone does this, you know, I have that line. I say, um, all communication about your project really needs to take place either in email or in Asana. So if you can mention these things in one of those places, usually it's one or the other. And I'll ask them to just kind of move this over there we can talk about that there, and then you don't have to worry about having this whole extra place where you're trying to talk about their project. Mm -hmm. Yeah, another reason that it's good to keep stuff off of social media is how stressful it can be for you. Like, I know Facebook Messenger seems to be, like, on the rise with people wanting to talk about work, and it is the worst. I had actually one of the clients that, that I would count as one of my worst ones to date, um, had sent me an email Friday night after I was done working and the next Saturday afternoon started messaging me about it on Facebook. This was not important. She wanted like a picture in her sidebar switched out, but she wanted me to do it right now when she started sending me messages. I'm trying to hang out with my family and my phone is blowing up with Facebook, you know, messages from Facebook from this woman freaking out about nothing. And I also happened, um, her VA and I are friends and I happened to look, you know, get on Facebook and just look around around that same weekend, she was posting on this girl's wall asking when things were going to be done. So like where everyone can see. So it is just a boundary you want set. One, so you can have peace of mind. And two, so crazy people aren't blowing up your Facebook wall because it's just not cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And going back to like what you experienced, then you feel guilty because you yep. see their messages oh, blowing up your notifications and you're like, I feel like I have to do this right now. Mm -hmm. Like so, she just needs a picture, picture change. This is not important, but I feel like I'm dying because of it. Yeah, exactly. That's why I know for me and a lot of people, that's like the line, just nope, I'm yep. not going to cross oh, yeah. it with anyone. Yep. I actually emailed her that following Monday and said, you know, if this happens again, our project will end because no way, no way can that happen. And I have added it to my contract since then too. No contact will take place on social media. If you do it, it's grounds of termination for this contract because I just don't want to mess with it. Ooh, look at you putting your I, foot down. I, you know, it would have to be really bad for me to do it, but I just want it to be so clear that it is not cool for them to be bugging me on social media just because it's not fun. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think another really good example of this, and I feel like I just recently saw someone bring this up um, in our Facebook group, maybe because you were asking um, what days of the weeks they take oh, client yeah. calls. And I think I saw someone mentioning um, they get calls on their phone number. Oh, that is another no. line that I absolutely will not cross. I crossed it with at least one client I can remember. And she didn't text, she didn't call me, she texted me and she didn't text me a ton, but there were a couple times where she texted me and I felt like, again, just like with the Facebook Messenger notifications, it's like you feel like you have to get back to them right away. Yeah. So for me, this is a matter of 
work not invading my personal time. And I am really, really good about this. Like going back to like not working while I was on work vacation because I don't see my family that often because we live 10 hours away. My husband has crazy work hours and is actually in the military. So he will be gone at certain points throughout the year. And so when I am with family or trying to hang out with him, don't bug me. Like I will get back to you at another time. So that's why I'm really, really good about it. So I do not give out Mm -hmm. my phone number anymore at all, no matter what. Um, And if someone, you know, really needs you that desperately, I will tell them, you know, send me an email with the word urgent in the subject line so I know that you're having a problem like their site being down, for example, where I will get back to them first before anything else. But you are not going to be calling me at any time of day because once you give that phone number out, how do you make sure they're not emailing or texting and calling you at times you're not actually working? Yeah, it is hard to set that boundary once they have your phone number for sure. Mm-hmm. So another thing you can do is if they want your phone number so they can call you about the project, instead of just kind of throwing that out there, let them know if they need an additional call or just need help with something at some point that you can schedule a call at some point when you're actually in the office. Mm-hmm. And this made me think of someone Um, who in their like Skype status says, I only Skype by appointment. So please email me. I can't remember who that is for sure. But I really, really like that because I think Skype is one and I know I've crossed that boundary (laughs) with you before where I just call you randomly in the middle of the day if you're (laughs) online like, hi, what are you doing? You're on Skype right now. And I think sometimes clients would do that too. If they see you (laughs) online, they're like, oh, she's working, she can answer my calls and help me with this problem. Whereas most of the time it's like, we're working. We don't want to be bothered with something when we're in the middle of coding or designing or figuring something else out. So yeah, it's like, that's another one. Just don't cross that line. (laughs) I really like the idea of, I don't know how to set a status on Skype, but I might need to look into that. I do have a client who likes to send me messages on Skype if I don't get back to him and I just don't answer. I've talked to him a couple times about it. Skype doesn't bother me as much because I just deleted it from my phone when his messages started coming in. (laughs) But like, I love that you can, you know, have that little note there, a reminder to people that, hey, you know, this is just for scheduled calls. We're not going to sit and chat back and forth unless it's you randomly calling me, whatever. Mm -hmm. So can you think of any other really good examples of just, you know, having the line where you know I'm not going to cross this, I'm not going to put up with this with my clients? Yeah, something that people might not think about quite as much is just like generally being treated like a human and respected. Um, This is something I've only had come up once, really, but it's something you want to be prepared for and, like, know what you're going to accept and what you're not going to accept. I actually had a client who I really liked, like, as a person. She was great during, you know, the first parts of our project, um, but near the end, she lost it. And I was actually at Corey's house when this happened, um, but she sent me a crazy, disrespectful, scathing email, like talking down to me as if, you know, she owned me, like as if she was my parent. 
and lecturing me about I was on vacation, lecturing me because I was on vacation. And I was like, oh, no, 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 this is not okay. At that point, I actually just totally canceled our project. I refunded her for a support period I was still supposed to do for her because it wasn't worth fighting over. I was like, I'm sorry, I will not be talked to this way. You did it once, you're going to do it again. I didn't say that to her, but that's my thought process, you know. She did it once, she's likely to do it again. I am not willing to be talked to like that from my clients. So that was a line. I was like, all right, I guess I have this boundary because this is not cool. So just think of, you know, if someone swears at you, if someone talks to you like this, how are you going to handle that? Are you going to allow it? Are you going to give them a warning? Are you just going to cut it off? Yeah, I think this kind of goes back to those sticky client situations we talked about before in the other episode. Sometimes you have to kind of unfortunately experience it to know, okay, this is something I never, ever want to cross ever again. But if you do get to that point where someone did something where they disrespected you like that or they're phone calling you or, you know, just whatever it is and you realize it makes you uncomfortable or frustrated or just makes things more difficult for you, then know that, okay, here's the line and it's definitely worthwhile for some of the things. I wouldn't say you have to put in your contract, don't be disrespectful. (laughs) Don't swear at me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but for some of the things, you might um, outline things like that in your onboarding materials or your contract like if you don't take phone calls on your personal number then say i will not give my phone number out to you we will discuss everything via email or whatever Mm -hmm. so just to recap this whole episode um it is kind of uncomfortable to draw just that general line of what your boundaries are with clients But trust us, it is definitely worth it in the long run. So remember that if you don't set boundaries with your clients, you are inviting them to walk all over you. Even the sweetest people might take advantage of you at some point. And your action steps for this episode is to decide what boundaries you want in place. They don't have to be the crazy you know, know the line ones, but at least your general boundaries. And then make sure those are outlined in your onboarding materials, your contract, you know, website, email signature, whatever you need to do. And then last but not least is to stick to those boundaries as hard as they may be during projects. Thank you so much for listening. For show notes, past episodes, and more information about the two of us, visit us online at getbacktodesign.co. If you enjoyed today's show, it would mean the world to Krista and I if you take two minutes to head on over to iTunes and leave a review. While you're there, don't forget to subscribe so you can be the first to know when new episodes are available. Now put what you learned into action so you can streamline and grow your business, ditch the code, and get back to design.